Because, you know, people who drink our coffee fall more in love with Jesus. They drink it and they say, thank you, Jesus, for this coffee. It's actually a spiritual step. So we actually, did we get everyone this year? If we did miss her, so one more wave if we missed out on you. Because we got our team, we got a few more cards over there. Just the back over there. Awesome. Awesome, they got you. Listen, if you did miss out, as you walk out the doors, right in front of you, you can go there and you can also get a, a voucher. We our, we want to make sure every new person gets that voucher. And so it's so good to have you guys. Let's quickly pray. Let's ask God to speak to us. That's the point of this moment. Jesus, we're standing because we want you to speak to us. We're standing to attention because we want to put our attention on you. We, we're saying, Jesus, we know that when you speak to us, you can totally change our life. Your word is uh, powerful. Um, that, God, you can totally turn a dead thing into life. And so this morning, we want to bring ourselves, we want to bring things that have died in the last few years. We want to bring relationships that are under stress. We want to bring marriages that seem dead. And we want to ask you to touch it with your resurrection power. And we want you to want those things to rise in Jesus' name. We submit to you. We want to do your will. We resist the devil and we thank you that he'll flee. Pray to protection around us and our children. We pray in this hedge that you minister to us. If anyone in this place is without hope, by your grace, will you knock on the door of their heart? Let them sense that knocking and will you draw them unto yourself and will you start a work that you're faithful to finish in their life this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone believe it said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. It's so good to have you with us um, on Resurrection Sunday. And um, for anyone who's new, my name's Andre, and you would have seen my wife come up, Leanne and I lead the church. We're not only here at Tableview, we're at Malpos and Camps Bay. And this Easter, we've had four, we're having 14 services across the location, so we're very excited about that. And across the locations, people have invited their friends. And, and so at the end, because we've had so many people come, we still wanna serve you and make it easy for you to also have access to us. So it's simple. At the end, we're gonna ask everyone to grab this card. So you might have a prayer request that we you want us to pray, you don't have to put your name down, just put your prayer request down. Our prayer team will cover you in prayer. Then maybe you actually want information. Like you might tick that you're visiting, but you, you would like to hear more. You tick that and then we can get hold of you. You might be somebody who responds. You really sense God knocks on the door of your heart. Actually, um, you open your life up to Jesus this morning and you'd like um, to know more. We got a thing called Following Jesus. It's a basic course you can do at your home, on your device or in person. So you tick that and then maybe you want to get water baptized it's the first step of obedience um, it's a public declaration it's going public with your faith it's, it's not a, a secret to be kept I, I remember we were on holiday while we were actually preaching in Durban and Zara turned to me we we're having breakfast she says daddy I really love you I said what really Zara she says I do but don't tell anyone <laughs> um, and especially not the church she said that don't tell the church either thanks dad and in a way <laughs> sometimes we give our life to Jesus and we're like Jesus I love you but don't tell anyone. <laughs> and baptism is declaring your love and, and your, your faith. Or you might want to dedicate your child to something. So next week's Baptism Sunday, the week after that is babe dedication, child dedication. So tick that, or if you want to do growth track or view group. But this morning, my heading is we will rise. You can write it down. People who take notes have a better chance to get into heaven. You don't get to heaven and they say, where are your notes? Anyway. But a lady once wrote to a newspaper column and said, this is what, and she asked, she said, hi, my preacher just preached the Easter message. And she said that Jesus fainted on the cross and the disciples nursed him back to health. What do you think? Sincerely bewildered. A gentleman named Charles answered the lady and he wrote, dear bewildered, 
beat your preacher with beat your preacher 39 times with a cat of nine tails. Nail him to a cross, hang him in the sun for six hours, run a spear through his side, and then put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours and see what happens to him. Sincerely, Charles. Anyway. <laughs> But we know that no person could face what Jesus faced on the cross. Um, the punishment of that time, which was the worst punishment, and the Romans were known to bring it in the most harshest way, was crucifixion. Jesus experienced this beating, and, and he experienced the, the hanging on the cross, the pierce, being pierced in his side, and then, of course, hanging in the sun for six hours, and then being closed up in a tomb that was sealed with mortar, so there would have been cement in those days, and he died. He died, and he rose. And that is what makes our faith powerful. Jesus rose so you can rise. And that's why I've titled it, We Will Rise. See, one day we're all gonna fall asleep. And the Bible promises that sleep, uh, death will be like a nap for us. In Thessalonians, it says that, that we'll wake up and we'll be with Christ. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's the promise for those who are in Christ, who've received Jesus as their Savior and asked Him to be the Lord of their life. They're following Him, they're following His ways. And, and that's the promise. But Paul in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, not only speaks about the, the resurrection being real and then puts a big question mark if it's not real, but then he goes on in Romans, he also points out that resurrection is there for us today. And not only will resurrection uh, be something that we'll experience when we die, but we actually can experience it right now. So resurrection is for then, but resurrection power is also for now. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 13, it says, if there is, there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. Verse 15 goes to say, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we, be, we, have, test, um, we have testified about God that he, that he raised Christ from the dead. But he... He did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. Verse 17, we jump to that verse, says, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. So the death and resurrection of Jesus is so important to us. Jesus died to pay for our sins and he rose to overcome death. You know, our baptism is a picture just as Christ died, um, I'm, I'm gonna be with Christ in that death, but my old self will die. My sinful nature dies and I rise up with Christ. And we see that picture in the waters of baptism. And that's what Jesus did. That's what happened to him. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 18 goes on to say, in that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are, um, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Really, we're wasting our time if Christ hasn't risen. And we've spent a lot of Sundays doing that. <laughs> but we know Christ has risen. And there were many witnesses, hundreds of witnesses that saw Him walk the earth after He was crucified. And that's why the, the enemy and the religious people of that time wanted to sort of find a story to cover up the power of Christ. Goes and say in verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first of a great harvest of all who have died. You and I will also now experience resurrection because Jesus was the first and we've received him. And if Christ is in us, we too can rise. Because he rose, 
we arise. And you and I, you and I have hope that's fastened to Christ. The Bible says that He's our forerunner. It's almost like once you put your faith in Christ, it's like you've tied this rope, this eternal rope that can't be broken, and you are now tied to Jesus who's sitting at the right hand of our Father interceding on our behalf. We are, our hope is fastened. It's secure. It's in Christ. No matter what comes, the storms and the waves, the uncertainties and the wars and um, COVID and different economies, uh, seasons in the economy, you and I have a hope that's secure. We've built Building our life on the rock that is Christ. See, you and I can look forward to the resurrection, but we can also look forward to experiencing it right now. Philip Brooks, an author, wrote, said this, let every man and woman count himself immortal. Let him catch the revelation of Jesus in his resurrection. Let him say not merely Christ is risen, but I will rise. Maybe you need to put that next to your bed. You need to put that in a frame. Christ is risen, so I'll rise so that you get out of bed early enough. Anyway, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Some of you need to write that. <laughs> but I also mean that for your marriage, for your work life, for your children, for this nation. Right there. I will rise, we will rise. Let's not overlook that. Don't just put what God did for you at the cross and in the grave in your history. And don't just put it in the future when you pass away. Put it next to your bed today and walk in it every day. Paul then goes on to say in Romans 8 verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies. So you'll give life to your mortal, your, your now bodies, but the same spirit living within you. Your body right now has got resurrection power in it. If you're in Christ, you've received Him as your Lord and Savior, you have got resurrection power in your mortal body. I love it how it says in the message version of the scripture, if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He's moving in. He's knocking on the door of your heart. You're opening up the door and He moves in. He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus, bringing you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you, you are delivered from that dead life. With His Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. Think about how alive Christ's body was, how powerful Christ's body was. That same power that was in Christ, the Bible says is in you. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. There is this ability to rise above the circumstances in Christ. There's things you will face if you're just a bit patient and you step back and in Christ, you approach it. You will look without even realizing that you've risen above it and you've gone to another level. And yes, they say at another level is another devil, but it just means another opportunity to rise above another circumstance. In Christ, you will go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. Even though your body's facing away, you've been renewed every day. We will rise. So say it with me, because Jesus rose, I will rise. My wife says I should never do it. It makes us sound like a cult. She actually says that, don't do you repeat after me. But let's do it one more time. I will support Liverpool. Anyway, okay, no, no, we just, because 
Liverpool says you'll never walk alone. We sing a hymn before. Anyway, so let's not get distracted. <laughs> so really, come on, there. Thank you, Jesus. Marnie's goal. Boom, anyway. If you watched yesterday. So resurrection is not just for the future. It didn't just happen in your history. It's for right now. You and I can rise above the challenges we face in the city, in this nation. You can rise above the challenge you face at work. You can rise because Christ is in you. You've got rising power, your resurrection power. You've got all the ingredients. You're not putting your life in an oven and it doesn't rise. You go, flip, we didn't put the flower in. We didn't put that. You know what I mean? You and I have got Christ. We can rise. You put the heat on, we'll rise above the circumstance. You know what I mean? You can actually put us in the toughest of situations and we'll rise. We have got rising power in Christ. You can rise from defeat. You can rise from uh, brokenness. You can rise from an addiction. You can rise from any weakness. You can even rise from the problems that are your body's facing that is trying to pull you to the ground because yes, your body comes from dust and it's going down, but your spirit is rising up. You are more spiritual than you're physical. You are on living on the resurrection road. Because the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. You need to bring that power into your work life. You need to bring it into your business. And you go, how do I do it? Well, just before you go and say, thank you, God, for your power, I want to bring it into work with me today. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. You don't have to be all weird about it, but you, why don't you remind yourself of it? Because even if you don't decide to bring him in, he still lives inside of you. And so sometimes you just have to remind yourself that there is a way. Because Jesus made a way where there seemed to be no way. There is an answer. There is a solution in Christ. God will help you. And if he's delaying it, his timing's perfect. We won't lose faith, but Jesus will make a way. So yes, the resurrection power is ongoing. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 17 in the Message Bible says, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it looks, um, it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, um, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. There's not a day where he's, that His grace can't touch in your life. It's, you have access to it. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. Small potatoes. You should have that column, have a jar. Every time life gets tough, just throw it in the small potatoes jar. And then every time you want hope, you look at the big potatoes jar, it's a resurrection jar. You say, no, no, in Christ I'll overcome. I'm not gonna be held down by these circumstances. Yes, I'll face them, I'll be responsible, and you know, it will lead me to prayer. I won't be anxious about everything, but I'll pray about everything with thanksgiving. I'll bring my petitions to God, but these small potatoes need to stay in their jar because I've got a big thing coming my way. The good times awaiting me are greater than the bad times I'm facing. In Jesus' name, I'll rise. So I'm gonna quickly teach you some things about resurrection. Number one, resurrection teaches us that things can always live after they die. That's so powerful. Things can always live after they die. I don't know what's died in your life. Because of Jesus' life, He can resurrect and renew that thing. It's never too late. God can breathe new life into it. I don't know if your marriage feels like it's dead. It's not too late. I don't know if your business has gone through hell during this COVID season. It's still not too late. God can still breathe life into it. Anything in front of God has got hope. We can, you know, we can face the most hopeless situation full of hope, not because the situation determines our hope, because Christ has already determined it and He rose. 
he faced death, and if he could face death and conquer it, then what can really hold him down? And if we're in Christ, then what can hold us down? Scripture shows us in Proverbs 24, verse 16, for, through the righteous, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Though the right, who are the righteous? We're in Christ. We're made right with God. Jeremiah 8, verse 4, this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, do they not get up? Of course, another version of the Bible says, do they not rise again? Micah 7, verse 8, and this is to the enemies. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Maybe you've gone through a terrible season of loss. I encourage you, you can still trust God. Come on, who've heard, who's heard the, the statements in COVID? The world will never be the same. Maybe the new thing that's going around is with this war, it's the beginning of World War III, it's the end. Have you ever heard those things? You know, people have said that over and over. You know, in World War II, they said it was the end of the world. They said the world will never be the same ever again. And they were right. The world wasn't the same. It rose above the circumstances and got better. <laughs> and there's something in our planet, there's something in our people. It's God's power. It's God's fingerprint on our life. We are made in His image. We have got rising power. How much more when you're connected with Him? But we've seen God by His grace raise up nations and generations and nations that had no future. The Jewish nation um, was hit so hard by Germany and so many people were killed and then the Allies got together and they went for Germany. They went in and they bombed Germany. They destroyed Germany, the Allies. If you think about it, Cologne had 750,000 residents at that time and it was reduced to 30,000 residents after it had been destroyed. Think about Cape Town, us having 5 million people and, 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 and having just a few hundred thousand left. We would think it's the end of Cape Town. Never will Cape Town rise again. You know, um, the country's industrial output was reduced to 50% after it had been hit by the Allies. 20% of the country's homes were destroyed. Food production in the country was cut by 50%. There were food lines everywhere. Men between the age of 18 to 35 were either killed, crippled, or lost. they lost a limb or limbs. The country was in a massive struggle. The currencies were so weak in Germany at that point that they started bartering with goods instead of money. And who would have thought just years later they'd have the third strongest economy in the world? You would never have said that about Germany. I want to encourage you, stop saying things about South Africa that can't come true. Stop saying that South Africa won't rise. There are too many people with resurrection power in this nation. There's too much prayer. There's too much hope. South Africa will rise in Jesus' name. Our greatest days are ahead. I believe it. I believe it with everything inside of me, not because of me, but because of Jesus. He lives. Don't you speak death over this nation. And even if you do speak death over this nation, you're setting this nation up for a great future because Jesus loves showing off. <laughs> people can say, oh, I don't know. I promise you, I have people who move overseas, come back, and they're going, how the heck's it got better? <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> it's like they can't, they don't understand that there's still a momentum. They don't understand that we can overcome. But because of Jesus, we can. I love what Job says in Job 14, 8 to 9. This is just so powerful. 
And I want you to take this for your marriage, for your business, for your personal life, maybe even for your thought life. Maybe you've been sad and depressed. I want you to take, you to take this for your, your body. But though its roots have grown old, other versions say though it's dead in the earth. It's talking about a tree and its stump decays. At the scent of water, it will bud and sprout like a new seedling. Just at a scent of water, it will become like a new thing and it will blossom and bloom. There will be death and you'll say it's chopped down, you'll say it will never work. But all we need is a scent of the grace of God, a scent of Jesus' presence. We just need a scent of the, the Holy Spirit, the, the living water to touch our lips and we will rise and we will grow. Our marriages will move forward, our business will move forward, our kids will be prosperous. In Jesus' name, we will not be held back. We don't even need to a river, we just need a scent. We just need to smell the water and we will rise. You might say, I haven't been touched by God. Don't worry, you just need to smell it. You just need to be close to somebody who is. You'll be fine. <laughs> In Jesus' name, you will rise. So what is dead? Your marriage, your business, your health, your thoughts towards this country. Josh McDowell says, while the resurrection promises, promises us a new and perfect life in the future, God loves us too much to leave us alone to contend with the pain, guilt, and loneliness of our present life. God loves us too much not to give us resurrection power. It's not only for when we pass into heaven one day, but it's for now. Number two, resurrection teaches us that no obstacle can shut down God's plans. God's not a man that he'll lie. If God's already promised it, he's got a plan for you, I promise you in Jesus' name it will happen. You stay connected to Jesus. Yeah, many are man's plans, but God's purposes prevail. God's purposes have overcoming power. God's purposes have rising power. I've found in my life, I haven't always got the plans right, but I've just tried to stay focused on the purpose because I know the overcoming power is in the purpose. What's my purpose here on earth? To serve Jesus. How do I serve Him? By serving people, to become more like Him. So I just try to focus my life around those things. If you focus life around purpose, I promise you overcoming power all over your life, all over your marriage, all over your business. If people go, how did you get here? I know, not by myself, just focusing on Christ because that's where the overcoming power is. That's where you rise above the circumstance. But, but He shows us, of course, that obstacles can't shut down His plans. Jesus was beaten, He was crucified. God raised him. No matter what they brought his way, God still raised Jesus back to life. They sealed his tomb with cement, but God rolled away the stone. I'm blown away by people who have faith in a small G God. What I mean by that is you can actually find their tombstone and where they lay. And it says, year lies so and so. And they live their lives for these small G gods. But here's the thing, our God, if you go to his tomb, the inscription says, He is not here anymore. He is risen. <laughs> and that's why serving a God who's dead is useless, but serving a God who's alive is worth all of your life. It's worth everything. You can, lay, you can put your trust in Him. You can overcome with it. We are blessed. You know, even in the church, you've been seeing it this morning. All around the world, people said church won't, it's the internet age and it's a new season and they've spoken death over coming together. Rachel Held Evans said this, church attendance may be dipping, but God can survive the internet age. After all, He knows a thing or two about resurrection. <laughs> you can say it's the end and it's dead, I promise you. In Jesus' name, God has a plan for His church. It says in the end days, God's temple will be the most important place, the highest place, and people will run to it. That's the future of the church. Number three, resurrection teaches us that God always keeps His promises. 
So when you face things that die, we must go to God's promises and speak life and declare they can live. Um, don't hold back, don't feel foolish. Uh, don't feel foolish when, when, when death's knocking your door and you're still speaking life. Uh, you know what I mean? I'd rather be a fool for God than just be seen as wise in this world. And don't feel foolish when you speak God's word over your, your marriage, over your life, over your health. You, know, you might feel sick, but you keep speaking word. You keep breaking bread. Say, for your body was broken for me. I tell you, thank you. Your blood, you were shed for me. By your wounds, I'm healed. You take that cup. You can do it, in, um, you can do it morning um, and evening, and you can break bread to your body. Don't feel foolish. You take on that promise. That's what, it's your promise. Your Father has given it to you. Don't let some other people steer you away from taking hold of the promises that your father gave you. But I encourage you to, that God will keep his promises and resurrection teaches us that. You know, Peter actually quotes the Psalm and he quotes the, the Psalms and, and he, he, he points out that David spoke into resurrection power and that Jesus would have known that Psalm. And, he, and, he, and in a way, we think about what Jesus, he, when he went to the, the, the cross, he would have known all the scriptures. It's His words. He's the Word become flesh. He knows all the words. He would have known that He'd die and He'd rise. And, and I, I think, and, and so in that space, He knew exactly what He was doing. He knew God's plan. I encourage you to also know God's plan like Jesus knew God's plan. He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. He knew exactly what God had planned. And it probably gave Him a bit of peace even though He faced the pain. You and I need to know God's plan as we face it. And in Acts 2, 25 to 27, it says, King David said this about him. So he's speaking about Jesus. I see that the Lord is always with me. I'll not be shaken for he is at my, um, right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad. My tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. Jesus would not rot in the grave. And I want to say, if it would happen, if Jesus would not rot in the grave, neither will you. If, 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 if Jesus would not rot in dead things, neither will you. In Jesus, you can rise. And you know, it springs a sign of a new season. I was in Dublin, end of last week, beginning of this week, just for, it was like a quick emergency trip for a church we connected to. And they're in spring. But I don't think anyone's told the weather there. Anyway, like, you know, um, can somebody remind them it's spring, you know? You know? But, but spring is the season of a new bloom, a new blossom. Winter can look like there's nothing in it. Let's cut this one down. Why? Well, it seems to be producing nothing. I don't know if that's how it is for you right now in some area of your life, but spring will come. Martin Luther said, our, our Lord has written the promises of resurrection, not in the books alone, but also in the leaf of springtime. And there will be a spring for you. There'll be a spring for your relationship, for your business, for your life, for your health. I believe it, there will be a spring. Don't give up in the winter. Don't give up in the, the hard seasons, the dark seasons. Hold on to Jesus. Number four, resurrection teaches us that that which seems broken beyond repair can be restored. Because I mentioned Jesus was beaten and broken. Isaiah 52 verse 14 says, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, they seemed, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. 
You know that the cat of nine tails that, that they used, the Romans were experts in crucifixion and whipping. And, and that would grip people's skin and pull it out. And so much so that every piece would be pulled off. They actually got hold of Jesus' face and pulled skin away. And it says in Scripture, it prophesied that people wouldn't recognize him as a man. That's how badly he was beaten. Jesus was beaten to a pulp. His flesh was showing. He was broken. But even that which seems broken beyond repair, Jesus, God can restore for you because Jesus was restored. You know, after resurrection, Jesus comes out the grave and he's unrecognizable because the last time they saw him, he didn't look like a man. And he came back in his resurrected body. And you know what I love is when people run into people in our church and they don't recognize them anymore. But weren't you that somebody was addicted? Weren't you struggling in debt? Weren't you struggling in sin? You do not look like the same person. I totally agree. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation in Christ. You think I'm broken beyond repair? In Jesus, I'm restored, I'm renewed. And resurrection teaches us that that can happen. And I promise you, it can happen for you. No drugs, no crime, no mistake can put you in a place of brokenness that God can't restore and renew. And I promise you, for South Africa, no brokenness in this country, no crime and no mistakes can put us in a place where Jesus can't touch our nation and restore it and renew it and make it new. Number five, resurrection teaches us that when life tries to destroy us, God will always cause us to rise. A Polish poet said this, believers believe in resurrection, atheists only in comebacks. You and I aren't just into having a good attitude. Get up and go. Ooh, ooh, you know? We believe in a person. We don't just believe in good circumstances. It says that if you look at the clouds and the conditions, you'll never sow a thing. You and I believe in a person. He faced death and rose. He didn't need good circumstances. He was persecuted. He was beaten. He was on the cross. He didn't need things to go his way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. You don't need things to go your way. You just need to be the one who is the way. And you'll overcome. You'll rise. So yes, life might try to destroy you, but we will rise. Romans 6 verse 4. We were, be, we were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death. So of course, baptism is that picture. And that's the first step of obedience. And we're doing it next week. If you haven't been water baptized, we'd love to celebrate with you. You can tick the card afterwards. But just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Number six, resurrection teaches us that God sometimes lets things die before He resurrects them. Lazarus, his friend, Jesus heard the news that he was sick. This is in John 11. Jesus arrives four days late. Jesus comes there and he calls him out of the grave. What we learn is never too late to see things come back to life. God promises Abraham and Sarah a son and they were not in a position to have a son. Romans 4, 19, 21 says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. 
but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. You might be dead, but God gives you power and a promise. Don't worry about what looks dead. Just stay focused on what's powerful and what's been promised. That's the key. Don't call your life on what's dead. Don't focus your life on what used to be. Focus your life on what is. Jesus is alive. He's powerful and He's promised that you will rise as well. Joseph waited 13 years. God gave him a dream and in his arrogance, he told all his brothers, I had a dream, you'd all be bowing in front of me. His brothers threw me in a pit. Clear lesson, don't tell your brothers you're all gonna be working for me. <laughs> so what, did, what happened? In, the, in slavery and in jail, his dream dies. His arrogance dies and his youth dies and maturity comes. And in one day, God takes him from being in prison to being the prime minister of Egypt. Resurrection power. <laughs> Being raised in a circum from, from, from the jail to the highest seats. It's crazy. God can do it in you. Frederick, I can't say his surname there, Birchner, whatever. Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. The worst thing. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're going, it's been the worst season of my life. It's not the last season of your life. That's not the last thing. Final point, resurrection teaches us that although we will all die in Christ, we will rise again. And this is for people who've lost loved ones. Maybe in this last two years, three years, you've had to say goodbye to family. But I want to encourage you that we will all be reunited one day. We'll celebrate in heaven. And that's a promise from the Bible. And resurrection, that's the promise that resurrection power gives us. Daniel 12 verse 13 says, As for you, go your way until the end. You'll rest and then at the end of the days, you'll rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. And there's inheritance in heaven. If resurrection was promised in the Old Testament, this is in the book of Daniel, how much more excited should we be when it's promised in the New Testament and Jesus rose? 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 4, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people with no hope. So even in your sadness, you're still hopeful. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died and we'll be reunited. You know, I, I went to... Uh, Kauai once and this guy had a name No More and I think I've told you guys some of you guys about it his name was No More I was like come what's your real name he's like no it's No More I even then asked this stuff hey what's this guy's real name they went No More I said really he says yeah my parents had a lot of children I was the last one so they named me No More real for real you learn to have a sense of humor when your name's No More anyway and you know what? It says that Jesus will return with our loved ones who passed away and will meet in the sky. That's actually what the Bible says. And you say, that's so far out. Well, He owns everything, so He can do what He wants. <laughs> and it says He'll come with a shout. You think, what, what shout would He have? Well, maybe He'd have a shout that parents have. No more. No more fighting. No more children. No, no, stop that. No more. A loving father will shout no more. What? No more pain. No more tears. No more hurt. No more death. Resurrection power. We will come together because he's a good father and he's telling Satan, no more will you have any hold on our people. 
you've lost and I've won for the sake of them.